The Beat Church, bringing you messages of inspiration, hope, and freedom. Turn up the volume and get ready for the truth that will set you free. Father, thank you for uh, this opportunity to uh, get in the Word together and to learn from you. I pray that you'd help us, that it would fall on good soil, that your Holy Spirit would teach us, and we would leave, Lord, as not only hearers of the Word, but doers. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, today we're talking about surrounded and overwhelmed. Anybody ever feel that way? Ever? In your whole life? Okay, at least you did in the womb. You just can't remember it. Right? But if you went through enough therapy counseling, they could probably uncover the fact that when you were in the womb, you felt surrounded and overwhelmed because you literally were surrounded, overwhelmed. Right? So if you have ever felt that way in this life, right, I want you to think about what kind of things cause you to feel that way for just a minute. Not long enough to go into a panic attack, but just long enough to think about it for a second. Okay, we get overwhelmed by all types of things that are happening now, but also things from our past can overwhelm us. Anybody ever have anything from your past that comes back? You know, like, I thought that was gone, but it comes back. And you know, it was gone, but it's back. It's here. And it shows up in your emotions, in your mind, or in the form of a person that you thought you got out of your life, and then they came back. And they're there. And so it seems like we can get surrounded from the back, from the past. Our present life, there's all kinds of things going on. We have all types of pressures in life, all types of issues, relational, financial, political, cultural, health. I mean, there's all these things that are coming all the time at us and surrounding us. And that's going on. We also have the future. And in the future, we're not there yet, but somehow we are, right? We can be both. There was a quote by, I think it was Ben Franklin that said, um, he said, I, in my life, I've experienced bankruptcy, divorce, uh, he went through all uh, beatings, uh, imprisonment, uh, abandonment, uh, starvation. Like, he lists all these things. And you're like, man, how did he survive? And then at the end, he says, none of which ever actually came to pass. But he experienced all of them because in his mind he experienced them and it created all the stress and the anxiety and the overwhelm as if it had really happened, right? Because he's worrying about losing his home, worrying about losing the relationship, worrying all the stress surrounding him. So our future can surround us with things that haven't even taken place. Our present can surround us with things that are taking place. And our past can surround us with things that were, and the end result is what? Overwhelmed. Why even get up in the morning? I don't want to get up. I just want to go back to bed. I felt that way before, uh, just before 9 a.m. today. No, not today. <laughs> but I have felt that way. I still feel that way sometimes. You get up and you're like, whoa, this world's got a lot going on. What's happening? So looking at this next slide, so it's just some examples from our past. Uh, you know, your past sins, things you've done. I think we've all done something that we regret and that we're like, oh, my gosh, I, I shouldn't have done that. Either something that nobody knows, and we're afraid that at some point they're going to know, right? They're going to find out that I did that, and then that's, that can be really scary and overwhelming, or stuff that we've done and that we've asked forgiveness for that's been found out that people know, but it still comes back and makes us feel condemned and ashamed that we ever did that, because we're not that person anymore, and to look back and go, that's who I was is sometimes overwhelming to even think about. 
Or to look back and go, well, I can't change it. I know that they forgive me. I know things have changed. But it also altered the course of situations, lives, opportunities, and I can't change that for them or for me. And so the past can do that. Other people abusing us. If you've ever been abused verbally, emotionally, physically, somebody can abuse you, and now you're looking at your past, and it's like, I'm trying to get away from that, but I go to sleep, and I still think about that. I wake up, it's on my mind. I go, like, randomly, things will trigger me to go back into thinking about that, and I don't know what to do with it. But that's from the past. Has no bearing on your present or future. Just forget about it. Well, but it comes back, and they did it to me. Our present, <clears throat> kids, if you have them, uh, parents isn't on here, but if you have them, parents can definitely overwhelm and surround you. I know every teenager agrees with that. They're like, whoa, like I'm already trying to take care of that. You know, one of my sons, and I won't give any names, but one of my sons uh, is not an expert at cleaning his room. Um, and I use not an expert very loosely um, as a very kind way of putting things. Uh, but his room is uh, hard to get into, um, even when the door is open. It's hard to get in there. And he's always on the go. And we have a dog. And amazingly enough, that dog always finds incredible things to get into in his room. Because there's food in there that's older than the food on the burners at 7-Eleven. It's just been there forever. It's recooking, recooking, recooking. And so that's going on, and there's an overwhelm in there, right? But that's, kids want to leave the room that way, and then mom comes in and says, clean it. And we had this conversation yesterday. I said, well, when mom approves of your room, you can go out. And he's like, well, that's not going to happen. <laughs> I'm like, just do it. He goes, that's not the issue. <laughs> the issue is mom approving it. <laughs> I can do it, but it won't be her level of doing it. And I'll never get a leave. Like, well, that's not a me problem. That's a you problem and a mom problem. So go do it. So eventually he got it good enough to send back to me. He never sent it to her. He sent it to me. But in his photo, there was a mirror in the far distance. Praise God for technology, right, Jacob? I was able to crop and zoom in on that mirror. To see that behind the photo where he wasn't taking a picture is where all the stuff was. Where did he learn that from? Oh, but overwhelmed. We can get overwhelmed in all types of things of life. We just get, there's pressure, there's things mounting, there's things going on, and, and all this stuff's happening to us. Uh, culture can definitely overwhelm us in all aspects. There's constantly a push in every direction to try to overwhelm us with every type of topic, every type of issue. Um, our bills can overwhelm us. One of my daughters uh, that recently uh, went on a vacation trip with her husband, um, but I won't mention names either. I don't do that to my kids. Uh, when she was like 16, she found a bill, and it was sitting on the counter in our kitchen. And we walk in, and she's got this open envelope, and she's sitting at the counter bawling, like a total hysterical panic attack, just total meltdown. And we thought it was like a letter of like a death or like, what, what are you opening here? When she finally calms down, she looks at this thing and she says, how am I ever going to live? And we're like, what? And so we look at it and it's a bill and it was the water bill and it was like 60 bucks. 
And I'm like, what? Yeah, in Oregon, water's cheaper um, than it is here. And she's like, how do we live? And I go, that comes every month. She's every month? We're like, yeah. And we're like, that's just the water. Like, that's just so we can flush our toilet and brush our teeth. That doesn't count. Food, we start listing them off, right? Uh, one, two, three, and then she was out on the floor. And we're like, okay. Today. Overwhelmed, right? How will I ever do that? I don't know how to live that. It's just so overwhelming. Marriage can be overwhelming, right? I've heard. I've only heard. But it can't. That's what I've heard. It can be. Our future. Our dreams can be overwhelming. Have you ever get overwhelmed because you have all these dreams and big ideas, but you don't know how to get there? But dreams are positive. But they're still overwhelming because I, you, don't know how to, you don't know how to do it. I don't know if I'll ever find that person. I don't know if I'll ever have that opportunity. I don't know if I can ever say that. And then the other side of that, as you're looking forward in the future, it's like we have this double vision. Like, I see dreams and future. And oh, my gosh, we're all going to die. Everything's over. This country's over. My life is over. My marriage is over. My family's over. My job is over. It's all over. You get overwhelmed by that. So there's just this growth. It's all happening. And so we can get overwhelmed by that. So there's just this constant pressure and overwhelm of activities and stressors and demands and all these things in our life. Anybody besides me feel that way? It can really feel, especially now that I've just hyped you up and got you super stressed out. Okay, so we're going to do a little experiment. Is Kira in here? No. Okay. <laughs> For some reason, my sister still tells me that she talks about and has had to get some help because she thinks I used to take the heads off of all of her dolls, which I don't think I did. Um... So I don't want Kira in here to see what's happening to her dolls. Don't you dare ruin her dolls. Because that will not go well. So this is a nice family. Isn't it? So lovely. And then life comes in. Right? And maybe, let's see, we had some abuse from the past. Well, that must have been bad. (laughs) Some of us have worse families than others. As other things come in. Our, we have past, present. I mean, all these things are happening, right? Just pouring them. Oh, good, it stopped. Maybe I can catch my breath. Nope, you can't catch your breath. Right? Like life almost just like waterboards us, like literally. It's like we try to catch your breath, and it just keeps on just coming in and in and in and in and in. And that's it. And life can feel like that. And it doesn't matter. You say, well, their problems aren't as big as my problems. It doesn't matter. They're their problems, right? It's their problems. You can be next to somebody that's like missing an arm and a leg because they went through a war, and you're sitting there, and you just stubbed your toe, or you just got like a a splinter stuck in your hand, and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm injured. Like you're in the worst shape, and the person's like looking like, okay, all right. Because it's your issue, right? And so we get into that, like our own thing. So when we get overwhelmed, you can feel just like this. Okay, if this family was under that water, what would happen? If this was a real family? What? Water's leaking. Water's leaking, yes it is. Well, actually, that's just because I overpoured it, but it's going to be all right. Uh, 
what would happen to this family if it was really underwater? Drown. Why? Can't breathe. What do we need to breathe? Oxygen. Right? Everybody agree? Without oxygen, we'll drown. So they're going to drown because they're not getting oxygen. Right? That's pretty well scientifically established. Courtney, you're scientific. Was that pretty scientific? Fairly scientific? Okay. It's sort of scientific. However, did you know that in the water, there is a different saturation of oxygen than in the air, but they both have some oxygen. It's a percentage issue. And if you look at these percentages, you can put this next one up with the bulls, this percentages. The bowl of water, water itself actually is 89.9% oxygen. The air that we breathe, this wonderful air we breathe, is only 21% oxygen. So there's actually more oxygen in here than out here. So why are they drowning if there's more oxygen in there than there was out there? Who said we don't have gills? We don't have gills. We can't what? Somebody said we can't what? We can't process it. So the issue isn't the oxygen. The issue is whether or not we can process the oxygen that's available. And the reason we can't process this oxygen is because we don't have gills. Right? Okay, don't say you never learned anything at church. (laughs) Have a good day. Go home. Okay. That's why. But it's there. What does that have to do with this? It has everything to do with this. Romans chapter 8, verse 6. This is why we often feel so overwhelmed, stressed, and drowning. Okay? So I'm going to read this scripture, and we're going to dive into this, and we're going to try to understand what it's trying to tell us. Romans 8, 6. The mind governed by the flesh is death. Other translations say the mind set on the flesh is death. So we're putting our minds and our thoughts on the flesh. What's the flesh? The flesh is the world itself, our desires, our bodies, the people around us. It's the flesh. It's the world. The mind set on these things is death. But the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. So we can be in the same environment, but if our mind is processing and running everything through a a flesh world, my way of thinking, my life, my understanding, like how would I do it, how do I, all that stuff, and that's what we're processing, right? Then it leads to death, depression, anxiety, frustration, overwhelm, that type of thing. But it doesn't mean that God's not in that environment because he is. Colossians 1.17, he was before all things and in him all things are held together. God is in all of the environments. He's in all of the places. And so when we're overwhelmed and feel drowning and suffocating because I'm alone and I'm abandoned, I'm in all of this and I need help and if only there was more God, if only there was more help. Well, the, the reality is there is. We're just not processing it. We're not seeing the God in it. We're not, he works how many things together for our good? All things. So we're in a situation, but we're not processing the good in it. So we're not experiencing or feeling the good in it. We're only feeling the negative stress and the overwhelm and the frustration. 
but does it mean that that good doesn't exist? No. The good is there. I might be going through a bankruptcy. I might be losing my business. Well, what's the good in that? Well, it's maybe bringing me closer to my family. Maybe it's taking out some of my pride. Maybe it's the beginning of a shift to a career that's better suited for my life and my giftings and my abilities. Maybe it's moving me to a better place where God has me. Maybe it's drawing me closer to God. There's good in there, but can I get my mind off the fact that I'm losing what I built in order to put my mind on the life? Well, how do you do that? That's the life of the Spirit, seeing things through the Spirit. It's gills. We're made to process things through the Spirit if we want to actually have peace, if we want to pull that oxygen out of it. So it's really not about having more. It's about how we're made. We're made to process by the Spirit, but we oftentimes don't do that. Processing by the flesh. So let's take a minute and think about some things uh, to pro- to, that we actually have surrounding us. That's what your sheets are for. Um, I want you to take that, and then we're going to get into how to process by the Spirit. Take that. If you've got a pen, I put pens all over. There's some pens in the pouches in front of you. Um, if you have a paper, so this is called a mind map, and we're only going to take a minute to do this. Uh, but I want you to do kind of what I did on these pictures where it shows the lines. We put them everywhere. They're all over. I don't think we will. But if you do need one, you can raise your hand. But I know there's a lot of them out. Uh, If you look at your sheet, I just want you to draw a line off the past for a second. Just draw a line off. And then write on that line what from your past tries to overwhelm you. And then think about your past for a minute. Anything that comes to mind about your past, just do a line and write it down. Do a line and write it down. It might be ten things. Just do a line and write it down. What is your past that overwhelms you? Okay, we're not going to fill these out and then pass them down the line for someone else to read. Okay, we're not going to stand up and come in front and talk about them. This is just for you to process. Okay, when we're done, you can crumble it up and throw it away. It's private. But what from your past comes in and overwhelms you and surrounds you and makes you feel sometimes like you're going to drown? I don't know how to get away from this. It could be one thing, ten things, and it might be, well, I'm pretty good, but about every five years, right, that happens. I'm pretty good, but at the, on this date every year, when I remember this or when this happened, and I, I, it's this person's birthday, but they're not here, or I remember this happened to me, or this is when this changed, or, those types of things can, can be from our past as well. And then go to the present and do the same thing. What about right now in today's life? overwhelms you? What do you feel surrounded by? What feels like it keeps you from being able to breathe, that that closes you in, that makes you just want to turn the lights off sometimes and not leave the house, not go to bed, not answer the phone, not talk to anybody. I'm just, I'm done. And then the same with the future. Take a minute to do that. What what about the future? You, You try to think, but it just... You might be having a good day, and this comes, and all of a sudden, shoo, starts to shrink in. Oh, I'm drowning on that. It's funny as we can get into a habit of way of thinking that's it's a habit that we do over and over where we're so used to thinking about what's going to overwhelm or drown us and thinking in the flesh by our own ability that even when something good is happening, you wouldn't believe how many times I hear if I'm asking somebody how they're doing and they're saying something good, and then their reply to the edge of that is, hopefully it lasts. 
or knock on wood, or hopefully it doesn't change, or for now, right? Those kinds of things, because they're all ready. Even though it's going, the present is good, the future is already going to have a problem, and they're just waiting for it to come. So it's this overwhelming sense. And now we're going to look at what you are actually surrounded by. Okay, and we're going to go to Joel chapter 2, verse 25. We're looking at our past first. Okay, so to be able to have gills, to be able to pull the spirit out of the environment around us, life out of the environment around us, God out of the environment around us, his peace, his joy, his perspective, his life. In order to do that, we have to know his word so that we know how to breathe, so that we know how. We actually were created. All the other things were created by God speaking. Guess how we were made? He formed us, and then he breathed into us to give us life. We literally were made with the, brought to life with the breath of God. He wants us to breathe. He wants us to feel like, okay, I can breathe. I'm here. And this helps us do that, to live by the Spirit. So Joel 2.25, talking about the past. When we look back at the past, God's word says, I will restore the years that the locusts have eaten. You've lost things in your past that you can't get back. You've done things in your past that you can't repair. There's things in your past that you're like, it's just destruction. And I don't have any way to fix it. Well, that's what this verse is talking about. The locusts would come through big giant hungry grasshopper things and go right through the crop and ravage it till there's nothing left and everybody's going to starve in a famine. I have nothing. That's what it's talking about. You look at your past, there's nothing good can come out of that. It's been ravaged. It's gone. He's saying, I can restore it. I can restore the, I can give it back. It's too late. I can restore the years the locusts have given. It's not too late. I can still work in your life. I can still bring good. Psalms 23, 6 There's a passage that talks about surely his goodness and his mercy will follow me and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Guess what's what's behind you? God's goodness and mercy. Well, but there's a lot of mistakes and a lot of problems. That's why it had to be back there. Because you were walking through it, messing it all up. And other people were too. You know, I used to only think of that verse in terms of my now, and I'm moving forward, and God's goodness and mercy is coming behind me. You know, he wants to, like, he's trying to come and put a blessing on me. That's true. But it's also true that I, Andy Elliott, have made a lot of mistakes that hurt myself and hurt other people and didn't add a lot of value to the world. And God was going behind me with mercy and goodness, not only trying to restore my life, but literally going behind me and saying, well, you hurt that person. Holy Spirit, let's comfort them. Why? Because Andy just went through here. Let's comfort them. Let's counsel them. Let's love them. Calling somebody else over, hey, Andy just went through here. Get somebody to come over here and help this person because he's making a mess of it. His goodness and his mercy was following me for my sake, but it was also following me for the sake of the people that were around me as I'm trying to like, figure life out that's in our past you made mistakes but God was there you don't know how to make amends but God was there and God is working in them God loves them God cares for them he cares for you so that's coming through Romans 8 28 he works all things together for our good for those who love him for those that are called according to his purpose Colossians 1 17 he's before all things and in him all things are hold are held together 
He literally was before. That's in the past. He was before that. And he's held things together. It's how you made it this far. It's how you made it this far, despite all the things that, that you did wrong, all the things that you worried about, and all the reasons you thought you wouldn't make it this far, but you're still here. You're still okay. You're still alive. You still survive. It's all happening. You're here. Why? Because he was before everything. And as it's going through, he's like holding it together. Like when my four-year-old tries to carry everything. She wants to help set dinner or do something. Oh, I got it. No, you don't. And so she carries it, but I got to help her. We're like, come on, let's, I can't help too much. I just got to help just enough that she doesn't know I'm helping. And we move it along, right? He was holding it together and working with us through all those things. And he still is. What about our present? What are we surrounded by? Well, we're still surrounded by God. Psalms 23, 5. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. Like we're here. Well, yeah, I know, but there's enemies. We're surrounded by enemies. True. But when you're in a restaurant and you're at a table, what are you aware of? Your food and you're there with people at your table and there's a restaurant. You're most aware of the people where? At your table. Right? That's who you're surrounded by. You're surrounded by family and love and care. You know, unless you're, you know, Greg back there. You're probably aware of everybody in the entire restaurant to make sure we're safe, right? But otherwise, you're generally, even though you're surrounded by lots of other people, what you're really surrounded by is your family, the people you care about. That's who you're there with. Okay, so in that sense, even here, when our enemies are there, we're really surrounded by God because he's the one that we're with. He's the one at our table. He has our attention now and forevermore, that God is literally just, do mountains move? Do mountains go away? What if it's bad weather? What if it's severe? What if there's extreme circumstances? What if there's an earthquake? What if, what if one of them blows up? Like Mount St. Helens, guess what? It's still there. He's saying that he surrounds us and he doesn't leave. He surrounds us and he doesn't move. He surrounds us, and we can always look up and wake up in the morning and look out of our, the window of our life and look out, and, oh, it's still there. It's always there. That's who we're surrounded by. Matthew 28, 20, Jesus said, to behold, I'm with you always. This is our present. With us always, even to the end of the world. Probably talking to somebody, talking about how the whole world's going to end. Jesus, it's all over. It's all, I'll be with you even till then. I ain't even going to talk you out of that. I'm not even going to talk you out of all the doom and gloom and the chaos that you got in your head. But I'll be with you. When it happens, I'll be with you. It's all right. Let's go. But he's with us in the present. He's with us in all of these things. And that he'll never leave us. Deuteronomy says he goes before us and that he will never leave us or forsake us. Never. Never. Our future, Psalms 139.5, you've gone into my future, talking about God, you've gone, he's a time traveler. Did you know that? God's a time traveler. He's already been there. So when he tells you it's going to be okay, guess what? He knows. He's already gone there. He already knows what's happening in your future. You go into my future to prepare the way, and in kindness you follow behind me to spare me. From the harm of my past, you have laid your hand on me. That God actually comes in and looks at your future, looks at your past, and he pulls everything together, and he puts his hands on you and says, we're going to work this out for your good. I'm with you. Even the future. Proverbs 22.6, train up a child in the way that they should go, and they'll hate you for it. That's, 
And when they're old, they won't depart from it. Right? You train up, you teach, you show them about the Lord. And then at some point, they realize, like I had to. I remember my dad finding me downtown Portland. I don't even know where he found me. Found me downtown Portland. I don't remember anything about him finding me or picking me up. I don't remember anything except for bumbling out of his car in the middle of the night. And then the next thing I remember is just being awake on my kitchen floor, just in my underwear, and all my clothes are gone, and there's throw up all around. My dad came found me. My dad came and got me. My dad came and brought me back. And he came and he brought me there. Because what? Because he loved me. God loves us. And he cares for us. And he's bringing us forward into these things. But my dad trained me in that way. And there was a time, there was no reason my dad thought I would have ever even made it out of that. And yet, train up a child in the way she should go. When they're old, they don't part from it. There's so many times I feel like my dad. Oftentimes I'll be saying something, I'll be like, dang, I feel like my dad. If I ever pick my nose, I certainly feel like my dad. Don't <laughs> take that out of the stream. He watches sometimes. But there's times I'll feel like him because I was trained by him. Some people say, well, I was a, my dad was an alcoholic, so now I'm an alcoholic. Well, guess what? If you're, and did you want to be an alcoholic? No, but my dad was, and now I am. Guess what? It works the other way, too. Yeah. They'll grow up and love God, love the word, come to church, praise God, raise their kids and go, man, I didn't want to do this. But this is what my mom and dad did, and they taught me, and they loved me, and they showed me, and now here I am. I'm addicted to Jesus. What do I do? And so that'll happen. John 14, 3, I go to prepare a place for you, and I'm coming back. Right? Schwarzenegger plagiarized Jesus. I'll be back. He's coming back. But he's going before us to prepare a place, and he says, I'm coming back for you. That's our future. And so this is what's happening. So the verses and the references, I just put them all here on one slide. Um, and so you can just see the surroundingness. And this is a few. This only took me a few minutes to get these verses. There's so many in the word about our past. So many in God's word about our present. So many in God's word about our future. It's just a matter of getting into his word enough to know and to understand what he says that gives us the ability to breathe. Why? Because our mind is set on the spirit. It's not set on the flesh. It's not set on what we think or how we perceive or our way, but it's set on his. It changes all that. Romans 8, 6, again, the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. There's as much God in the trouble as there is in the triumph. In both. He's in both. Jesus was on the cross. That's trouble. Jesus was in the tomb. That's trouble. Jesus was at the resurrection and the ascension. Those are amazing. But Jesus was in all of those. And he's in yours too. The whole process. It's just a matter of being able to pull it out and see it. John 16, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. And so we're going to be closing here, but one thing that we do at our church uh, is that we had made a decision this last year that God's word says that my house will be a house of prayer and that God wants us to encourage and to build up and to pray together. So we take time every service to spend a few minutes just praying together in little prayer huddles. And so we're going to do that right now. Um, and that's how we're going to end today. 
But this is what I want you to pray on. I want you to really think about and pray on this Ephesians 1, 15 to 19, and then we'll take a couple minutes to pray. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith, this is what Paul is praying for the church. Your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all of God's people. I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. And this is what he said. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, gills. That he will give you spirit of wisdom, the ability to see and to pull out of your environment what God is really about, what's going on in your life. To give you these gills to breathe. And he says that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. In other words, it's already there, but I'm going to pray that you can see it, feel it, understand it. And that you realize that you're actually surrounded by the goodness and the grace and the love and the provision and the care of God. And he says, the riches, the glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. And so we break into these huddles, pray for each other that you would be able to see and to understand and to know what God is already doing in your life. What he's already surrounded you with, how he's already taken care of your past, already taken care of your present, already gone before your future, and how he's working right now and that they would have peace and they would experience a depth of that love in Christ. So if you can put the music on, we'll just uh, pray while the music goes. So look around, let's stand up, look around. We're going to prayer huddle. We're going to take a few minutes to do this and then I'll dismiss. Nobody be left alone. So look around and find somebody to pray with, to pray for. If you don't know how to pray, that's okay. It's just talking. It's just saying words. And you can just say words and say, God, we lift them up. Now, I know some have social anxiety. I did as well. This is part of community, part of building, and part of the way out of social anxiety is to continually dip your toe in the water. Continually dip your toe in the water until you get used to being in it. Dip your toe in relationship. Dip your toe in connection until you're used to being in it. the next step and visit www.thebeatchurch.com and get connected with a community committed to applying these truths in their everyday lives. You can also give now to support our messages by visiting www.thebeatchurch.com give.